thank you. Um, um, thank you, Dr. Sherwood. I'm, I'm really humbled um, to be with you all. Thank you all for allowing me to share with you. I'm just humbled by that introduction and humbled to know um, Dr. Sherwood. And I have the highest, absolute highest regard for you all um, and for the school and uh, for everything that God is doing in these days um, at Nazarene Bible College. Thank you, Susan, for helping uh, direct me and uh, share with me and uh, getting me here for this day. So thank you, guys. I, I invite you to take your Bible, if you have it this morning, turn to Colossians 1, which is where I'm at in my Bible, um, in my Bible study. So I just want to share with you today a little bit of the overflow of where I'm at in the book of Colossians. Uh, as you're turning there to Colossians 1, I'm going to be looking at verses 20 to 23 in Colossians chapter 1. As you are uh, turning there, um, I might just as a, as a reminder to myself in these days, as it turns to uh, cooler weather, a little bit of reminder to stay active. Um, uh, doctors and health professionals tell us that movement is good. It's good for us to stay active, um, to keep our blood flowing, to not get too um, sedentary in our lives. And so definitely at my age, I want to be doing that. Um, and even as we think about that in our physical lives, um, I think we all realize that um, that's true in our spiritual lives as well. Uh, we don't want to be sedentary in our spiritual lives. So movement, and growth um, and being active is really good and healthy in our spiritual lives. Um, we know that God intends for us to grow as believers, as Christians. Um, we are intended to grow. Um, movement is to be a part of the process of our spiritual lives, of uh, progress, if you will. Um, believing in holiness, as we do at Bible College and in the Church of the Nazarene, we all embrace uh, John Wesley's order of salvation that understanding that provenient grace leads to an initial sanctification, which leads to an entire sanctification, which leads to a process of progressive sanctification. And so salvation is not just one thing or a static thing. It's a dynamic. It's a constant. There is constant movement in our lives. I, I tend to think that's what Paul's a little bit referring to in Colossians 1. He's talked quite a bit in verse 20 through 22 about uh, the reconciliation that God has for us, that he has reconciled us through the blood of his cross, that we who were once alienated and enemies, he has now reconciled in the body of his flesh through death. So he has reconciled us. And yet look at what he says in verse 22, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. In other words, what God does for us in his reconciliation and salvation is not just to leave us as we are. We could we could go on with quite a theological discussion about that, about how salvation is not just an arrival point. The reason God uh, initially saves us is to lead us into holiness, is for the continuing process of holiness. Rec all the reconciliation, the offer of grace is for the purpose of God doing what he says, to present us holy blameless and above reproach in his sight. However, there's been something really unexpected um, here that caught me in my study of this, and this is just brand new um, in my life I'm sharing with you um, this morning. What really caught me on this in verse 23, the beginning of verse 23, is that there seems to be an unexpected, at least it was to me, an unexpected condition for the holiness of Jesus Christ happening in our lives. Of course, reconciliation isn't conditional. God saves us and offers his salvation to us freely. 
But the effects of that in our lives, this growth in holiness, there seems to be a condition for it, what allows for his holiness to take place in our lives. Did you notice in verse verse 22, he talks about holy, blameless, above reproach. But verse 23, it says, if indeed. So there's a condition here for his holiness to take place in us. There's a condition. So the way God has chosen to work, it would seem from scripture is that he he moves in our lives by his grace. We, we believe in prevenient grace. He, believe, he moves in grace. He calls us to respond to that grace. And a result of that response is his holiness in our lives. God's grace calls for response. It's the response that allows for him to produce and carry on his holiness in our lives. So the question of verse 23, I think, for us is, what does the response look like? Because we gather this morning because we are interested in his holiness in our lives. What does the response look like? The response to allow for his holiness is this. If indeed you continue in the faith. The, the word continue is really strong there. Um, it's the word in Greek, epimeno. You may recognize, of course, the word, the verb meno in Greek is the is the abide word, the remain word. It's the, it's the word from John 15, if you abide in me and I in you. So to remain, to abide, to stay. So, but epi is the prep is the is the prefix, epimeno, to remain with or upon. Literally to stay in a place. Um, sometimes in the book of Acts, that word is used for like um, sticking with something, like persisting, like remain, like keep at it. Like Peter knocking at the door. He he kept at it. He persisted. He epimenoed at knocking at the door. But other places, it literally has the idea of to, to stay somewhere for a time. Um, sometimes Paul, it says that he stayed with them. He epimenoed with them for some time with the disciples um, when he was on his missionary journeys. So this idea of the response is about literally staying in a place to stay is kind of further uh, affirmed or underscored by a couple things that modify that in verse 23. If you continue in the faith, if you epimeno, just stay grounded and steadfast, grounded and steadfast. Grounded has the idea of uh, to lay a foundation, to lay a foundation like the foundation of a house. Steadfast literally comes from the word in Greek for a chair or a stool somewhere you sit. So I'm asking, what does the response look like that allows him to produce his holiness in our lives? Remain, foundation, sit in a chair. <laughs> it seems to all together carry this notion of the phrase that keeps coming to my mind is literally the idea of settle down or stay home in the faith. Stay home, settle down, remain in the faith, or stay home in the faith. It's a little surprising, actually, because we're talking about movement and growth and progress, but it's kind of a reversal, as so often the gospel is, that ironically, the way to move in the Christian life, the way to go forward in the Christian life, the way to progress, if you will, is to really stay put in your faith, is to stay put in the truth, stay home in the truth, make your home in the truth of, as he says in that verse, 
in the gospel which you heard, which is something he repeats throughout this letter, so that the truth of the word, the truth of the gospel, the truth that you heard from me, the way to grow, the way to progress, the way to move forward, the way for movement in your life as a Christian, the way for us to move move forward as God's people is ironically to stay firm and to stay home, to stay grounded in the faith, like that old time religion kind of a thing. Now, we all realize today that that is kind of somewhat the opposite of perhaps what they were hearing as a church in Colossae. That, that's probably why Paul is saying these words, because um, some of the indications from the historical background are that what was happening in Colossae is that this church that, that began on Paul's teaching, that they began on the truth of the word, this, 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 this truth, they were now hearing all kinds of other voices from other teachers kind of coming in on them. There were these voices of uh, new voices with new doctrine and new ideas and new messages and new emphases that were being touted as if you want to be progress, progress as Christians, if we want to be relevant for our day, if you really want to appeal to our culture, then we really need to listen to all, we really need to get with it and be more relevant and up to date with all of these new ideas that are floating around out there. And, and we know from our day that voices like that can be very influential and voices like that can be very loud, voices that are telling us, listen, the old truth is is old. The old truth is maybe irrelevant. The old truth is outdated. And so what we really need to do to move forward is to listen to these new voices and these new ideas that are out there. I believe that's why Paul says in his third modifier in verse 23 about remaining, he says, notice, continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard not moved away the, the verb in greek um meta kanao literally the i cannot the idea of movement but meta with don't be pulled with these new voices and these new ideas that are so loud and influential in your day don't move it because it's easy to do isn't it it's easy to do that we find so often in our world and uh, in social media and even in the church, there can definitely be a herd mentality. You, you understand what herd mentality is. It's the following of the herd. And sometimes the herd mentality can be so strong. It can be so easy to be pulled along with the herd mentality, whether that be in doctrine or theology or emphasis in preaching or addressing the issues of our day when all the voices around us are saying, listen, we need to talk about things in this way. and We need to focus in these areas and we need to really preach these kind of things to be relevant in our day. It's, it's sometimes easy to be pulled along by all the pressure and the loudness of the crowd around us to, to say this, for them to say, this is where, this is how we progress. But notice what Paul is saying. Paul's strong message is, if we really want to grow, if we really want to move, if we really want to move forward as the church, if we really want to progress, I guess, if you will, in our Christian faith, the way to progress is to stay home in our faith. Stay firm, grounded, steadfast, not moved away. 
Now, we realize that that's how revival has always happened in the church. Revival has always taken place when God's people got back to the truth of Jesus and his word, not listening to the trends, not listening to the new voices, not listening to no matter the pressure of all the loud voices around us. When the church said, we're going to get back to the truth of the word, we're going to get back to prayer, we're going to get back to the focus on the things that we heard from the very beginning. That's how revival has always taken place. One remaining question for me with that is, how do we do that without getting stuck in our ways because it could be easy for us to say we want to stick with the truth and we want to stay firm and steadfast, but it could be a risk for us a little bit that if we're not careful, it could also be easy for us, I guess, to get legalistic or stuck in our ways. How do we, how do we avoid in this remaining or staying home, how do we avoid getting stuck? I think Paul's phrase is important here. If you continue in the faith. Notice it's not a staying home or continuing in your doctrine, per se, or in your theology or in your tradition. It's to continue in the faith, which is a dynamic thing. Faith is not a static um, fighting for a thing because, you know, if, if we're into defending our doctrine, we can become defensive. And, and uh, this is a remaining in the faith, which is a living faith is a living response relationship with a living Lord. Remain in that. Remain in his word. Remain in dynamic response to a living Jesus in his word, which is what he goes on to talk about in chapter two in, in verse seven, some of the same language he talks about being rooted and built up in him in chapter two, verse seven, established in the faith. And in the previous verse, he says, as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him. So it's not staying steadfast in something. It's not staying home in something. It's staying home in someone. So the call, I believe, for, for Paul to the Colossians, and, and, I, and I honestly take it strongly to my own heart today, and, and, I, and I hear it as what Nazarene Bible College wants to be about as I continue to hear from Dr. Sherwood and, and others and, and, and appreciate is that our call in these days where there's so much voices around us, where there's so much pressure, where there's so much herd mentality and suggestions of how we need to progress as a church, the call and the need of our day is to stay home firmly in, in Jesus and his word in a dynamic response to Jesus and commitment to his word so that he can produce his holiness in us. That's the need of our day. And so I, I leave you with two questions this morning as I, as I wrap up. One is this. Do, do we as believers, do we as a church, do we as a Bible college, do we desire his movement and growth in us? I think that's an important question for us. Do, do I desire to be changed? Do I desire to grow? Do I desire to progress from where I am? Do I desire to, for Jesus to do more in my life? And if so, a second question, am I willing to, no matter the pressure around me in these days, no matter what's said, no matter the peer pressure, no matter the mentality around me, am I willing to stay home in Jesus and the truth of his word in my life? And I think that's a relevant call for us today. Thank you for letting me share.